Welcome back to Templehof Knights, or as I like to call it, the Papyrus Edition. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Yes, folks, the McLaren Global Takeover is among us. <laughs> and for once, it's not looking kind of sus either. Hey, guys, welcome to episode 364 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Trey Harrison. And in this episode of the show, we'll be talking about our favorite Formula E round. Well, maybe second favorite behind Monaco these days, the proper Formula E Blue Ribbon event these days. It's Berlin. We call it the Templehof Knights Edition, the double header in Berlin, and well, we had a fun one this time round. We had Edo Mortara and the return of Mercedes dominance, a familiar tale as old as 2014. But still, it's good to see it back for a one-off weekend, right? Like, don't all jump up and down like this. It's, like, it's, uh, it's a rare occurrence in these trying times. I know! Post-pandemic and the advantage just disappeared. You know, we're, we're all back to normal now. But to and just, here like, I thought that advantage was going to be locked in for years. I know! It's a, what a problem to have. Let's go around the horn real quick and, and introduce the, our esteemed panel. First up, Mr. Ryan Eric King. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going great. I'm glad that I didn't have to spend a quarter of a million dollars or offer to buy someone a horse. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's been Harrison's <laughs> Motorsport 101. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, how do you, how am I supposed to follow that one up, King? Like, come on, dude. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing. You don't, Buckley. You just don't. I've done 340 plus of these now. <laughs> that might be the wildest intro statement we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to explain it any further. If you know, you know. <laughs> this is worse than Megan Klingenberg. This is worse than the restraining order for Johnson and Laura Kenny. The, like, up the power rankings of unhinged intros. King, you've excelled yourself on this one. Well played. <laughs> that is magnificent shithousery, if I do say so myself. Um, Cam, good luck topping that one. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother. Uh, insert generic Porsche sucks comment here. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, <laughs> we peaked already man. four minutes in. <laughs> man, yeah, yeah, we peaked. Uh, we've peaked as a motorsports network. Yeah. Um, please send your complaints to at Ryan Eric King on Twitter. Yep, yep. Especially, like, do not send it my way. Have, let that be King's We have point, enough of those okay? going Dre's way. Like, I can't wait for uh, the person involved to hit King with a slap suit. It's going to be hilarious. Um, <laughs> Good luck. I'm just saying, King, I'm, I've not got the piggyback to pay your legal fees. I'm just throwing hey, that out there in advance. I didn't reference the person involved. It is to the listener to come up with the conclusion about who I was referencing. I wonder... Uh, <laughs> it's hearsay. I wonder, I wonder if that many legal fees will be the same amount to cover... Uh, Jim from New York suing IMSA because, hey, I, yeah, I want to price dump my Lamar hypercar. You won't let me. <laughs> All I'm saying is 2021's Golden Cock winner firmly holding on to the shaft of the award with a firm oh, by, the, by the end of the five-year homologation period, he's going to have a golden 
sitting right on the Oh mantle. no! <laughs> How am I going to get through this episode? <laughs> what is wrong with you people? <laughs> it's not it's not a good sign out of the three of us here today, I'm the rational one here. Easily. <laughs> easily the most rational of the three. Well, I'm gonna have to censor what Cam said there. Just because <laughs> I know Jim is far more likely to sue us than the other guy. <laughs> And all I'm saying is, I'm definitely not paying the legal fees for that one. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, we might get a repeat winner of the Golden Cock for the first time in its history when Christmas rolls around. Formula E, meanwhile, apparently this is a, this is a Formula E podcast. Yeah, that's what we actually who came here for. Who, who knows? Honestly, at this point, who knows? This, this podcast already got in strange directions in the first five minutes. Um, on, on this apparent Formula E podcast, we're going to talk the big one, McLaren. They're here, like like the Wyatt family. They are here. They're expanding again. They're going to be confirmed in Formula E for season eight. They'll be taking over the artists formerly known as Mercedes EQ. We'll get into some of that. We'll get into potential drivers, potential powertrains, what's going on there. We'll also talk about Berlin and well. Mercedes, in mixed capacity, laid the hammer um, on this one with uh, Edo Mortara. Gentlemen, we can been celebrate. Waiting for one of these. Edo Mortara has a pole position. Yes. It's, it's about damn happened. time. And his 55th attempt in his career. And it's not like he's had bad cars for the majority of his career either. No. 55 attempts. He waits a long time for a pole position, and like London buses, two come along at once. Uh, we'll talk about his monster weekend in Berlin over, over the. And he's basically back in the title race. We'll talk about that Mercedes dominance, Nick the Freeze winning race two as well, and what that means for the overall course of the season. And um, we have to talk about this. Uh, we had our own. Shall we say, her F97 moment from Formula One here, where we had. Checking my notes here, a dead heat in qualifying in a duel, and everybody lost their minds over this. <laughs> and uh, we, 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 like, did you see the delicious new meme, gentlemen, of Jev looking out of the uh, the out of the door window? <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I, you know, I missed the new meme format dropping. I was sick. Oh, you you missed it. It was great. It was just Jev. It was just angry Jev poking his head. Through a door window, it was great. Like new meme format dropped, it's going to be great. It was a fun time. We'll talk about that as well because uh, it it pissed off a lot of people. I don't know why it does. <laughs> we get mad about things in motorsport very quickly, but we'll we'll talk a little bit about that because it's fun and we like fun here. Uh, because there's nothing more fun than a dead heat, right? Right? <laughs> no controversy there at all. But in the meantime, basically you can find us real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at uh, Motorsport underscore 101. If you want to follow us personally on Twitter, you can direct all your lawsuits at, at Ryan Eric King, at CBuckley917, and me for Hi. comments on the show at Harrison101HD. Um, that's their problem. Don't, don't, don't wrap me in this. I'm not with them. Honest. Um, we're also here on Instagram. It's your name on the show. You take responsibility. <laughs> that, that's what you think, buddy. Um, <laughs> we're also on Instagram at Motorsport101Pod. 
did I say Instagram? Yeah, Motorsport101 pod. Yeah, we're on there for our for Instagram stuff. We've got our website as well, motorsport101.com, for all of our episodes, all of our content, including some written stuff as well. All of the stuff we talked about over the weekend for MotoGP, IndyCar, and Ask Dre is back as well for the month of April, even though it went out on the 19th of May. Look, Time is a co- is a social construct, okay? It was a bit late, but we got there in the end. Some fun stuff about Andretti and F1 and uh, Colton Herter and, you know, McLaren and some and a couple of MotoGP stuff. It's a fun time. Go check it out if you haven't already. So, yeah, all of that is on there as well, as well as our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Check us out on there. Uh, it's going to be a fun time for all involved. But, gentlemen... Shall we talk some? Shall we talk some McLaren? Shall we, shall we talk a bit of Formula E? Let, let's do that before we get sued. It's already too late, brother. So let's get the big one out of the way. We got confirmation on Friday, just as the weekend was starting, that uh, yes, the cat's out of the bag. Uh, about as badly kept a secret as as Triple H and Stephanie McMahon that McLaren was going to be in Formula E. They'd already confirmed their interest some time ago. They've now confirmed that they will be taking over the Mercedes uh, EQ. I think it's the right time. I mean, the EQ brand for season eight to start the sport's third generation of car next year. It's going to be a, a full takeover. Uh, Ian James, the current team principal there, will also keep his role as team principal going forward. Um, yeah. Papyrus is going to be in Formula E, everybody. Thank God. I was getting tired of red, white, and black liveries everywhere. Here's some quotes from some of the key players involved. from Ian James saying, quote, Becoming part of the McLaren racing family is a privilege. McLaren has always been synonymous with success and high performance. This is a great moment for all parties involved, but above all, for the people that make up this team. They are what keep its heart beating. Being able to continue working with them is what I'm most excited about. I'm very much looking forward to this next chapter for the team and will be a proud member of it in Season 9. Zach Brown also chipped in, giving it the big one, saying McLaren Racing always seeks to compete against the best and on the leading edge of technology, providing our fans, partners, and people with new ways to be excited, entertained, and inspired. Formula E, like all our racing series, fulfills all those criteria. Really? I didn't know Extreme E was that popular. Um, I, form- I firmly believe the Formula E will give McLaren Racing a competitive advantage through greater understanding of EV racing while providing a point of difference to our fans, partners, and people and continuing to drive us along our sustainability pathway. Gentlemen, what did you make of this news? Because, uh, boy, I, I've, I was like, ooh, Man. that's intriguing. <laughs> McLaren actually went through with it. It's not like the McLaren hypercar program. It's it's not like <laughs> it's not like Real Madrid promising Killian Mbappe and Erlen Holland. <laughs> they actually went through with it. We're hitting all um, the cultural references out of the park today. Clearly, <laughs> anything else in news? Would would I just ham hock in here, Cam? While we're at it, yeah, you know, just. Ah. Uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Here's the problem is that we've been teased for so long about McLaren doing something that like, I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm not surprised by McLaren doing anything anymore because they've been talking about joining another series for like seven years now. 
the thing is, it's, like, the, they it's, do, the, they... it's the second gen hmm. Acura NSX of announcements. Dude, just release it already. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Like I, I find it strange that while we're in a world where a lot of these big motorsport firms are downsizing, or at least looking at themselves in the mirror and thinking, do we actually, you know, need to race in this series? Like, is there a way around this? And oh, you know, you know, they downsize. Like BMW, for example, has done recently. I mean, they, they leave. They've already left this series as it is, and other series as well. Um, but like, well, they're I just going it's... to actual endurance racing. <laughs> oh, actual endurance racing. I see. As opposed to what exactly, Cam? <laughs> As opposed to strapping seven planets onto the Toyota and telling them good luck, <laughs> and them still winning. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like McLaren saw Suzuki bail for MotoGP. It's like shit. We got to get the averages back up. Join something. <laughs> I, I do find it strange that this is what we're doing. Like, 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 so McLaren in the last, what, half decade has now gone from F1 to an IndyCar team to an Extreme E team and now a Formula E team. And they've inherited, I don't think for less of an argument, the best team in Formula E to do it. Um, you know, reigning constructors oh, champions, on, reigning uh, drivers champions. on Sunday was anything to go by. Well, yeah, you know, like the other reigning constructors champs, they have the reigning drivers champ under their wing <coughs> at the moment. We're not sure about next year yet, but uh, you know, they've inherited the best team in the sport to do it. So, I'm McLaren going to walk into next year as an is immediate favorites. That's going to no. be <laughs> no, they're as, not as immediate favorites. No, I think they're they're going to walk into this having bought into a structure, having bought into a team that is already there. But mm. we already know that all the pieces aren't staying. We yeah, know right. that they're joining for Gen 3, which is going to be a, a complete reset as far as powertrain, as far as car, yeah. everything, pretty much. Mm. And this is Formula E, where we've seen teams we've seen teams partner up with others and be utterly dominant out of the yeah. box. And we've seen teams be complete jokes. Oh, yeah. And everything in between. So... I think I don't really have any expectations for McLaren because any having any expectation going into Gen 3 for any given team, other than the typical stinkers, sorry to say, I don't think anyone can be a clear favorite until we get those cars out on track. Yeah, and McLaren are going to be at a disadvantage because they won't be a manufacturer team. They'll be buying components from someone else. They won't be able to develop anything. <laughs> Right. Uh, they they won't have South Vandor next year. It's looking very likely they won't have Nick DeVries either. Yeah. This is all I was going to allude to next year, the, the driver lineup situation, because it's always the most fun to uh, speculate over the driver lineup as well. And, well, we know we already knew, we talked about it after Monaco, that Stoffel Van Norn had already all but announced he was going to the DS Penske conglomerate, which is still a weird thing to say. Um, that, we're, that that's going to be a thing. And now Nick DeFreeze is being talked about in many circles for Williams F1 next year. 
Um, a lot of people jumped the gun on this, journalistic-wise, last week. But, hey, Nick's going to be in the Williams F1 car this weekend in Catalonia for FP1. Which was, because for some reason, we all just decided, hey, let's just all stick our junior drivers in the cars this weekend. You know, <laughs> why not? Well, they're going to get um, some fresh eyes on that, uh, that I can't believe it's not a Red Bull RB18. <laughs> but that's what so, happens that's what happens when you hire someone else's arrow chief they look at your car and go guys what are you doing just do what i was doing right right um, you know so yeah i mean as far as the rumor drivers that they they might pick up i mean we've seen we've seen rene rast's name uh thrown around and rene rast is intriguing because while he was here in FE for not very long, he was both comically incapable of qualifying, but mm. also had crazy race pace. Some of the yeah. best in the field. Yeah, man's so, Rene Rast is Rene Fast. We all know this. If you watch sports car racing, you know that the dude's record is above reproach. Mm. If they do pick him up, I think that's a great signing, but he's got a... He's got to bring some of the race pace and qualifying pace. He's got to kind of push that back to the mean a little bit in qualifying. Yeah. Yeah, this was strong comments from Sam Smith, probably the best FE guy in the biz who reported it for the race last week, essentially saying that, look, if Nick DeFries left Mercedes last year, that they were going to... Um, if, if Nick left, they were going to go for Rene Rast as, as the number one name on the list as a replacement. It looks like they're doing that again this year. Apparently, um, McLaren and uh, Rast representative Dennis Rostock were, were talking in uh, in Berlin over the weekend regarding this um, as a straight-up Stoffel replacement, basically. Um, because it's looking like they could need two new drivers in this McLaren stable when we get going here. <laughs> but at the end of the year for, for Season 9. But, uh, oof. Like, if you're like, uh, I don't know why Nick DeFries would want to go to Williams in F1, to be honest with you. Oh, because no, like, I, because it's Formula One. Yeah, because it's Formula One. And also, that's not his only option on the table. Uh, there are talks he can go to IndyCar. He's already, uh, what, test and reserve <laughs> driver for Toyota in the WEC. He has mm. options. I say especially. Especially given that we know with what's going on with uh, the ongoing conflagration known as Lamar Hypercar, that oh, yeah. there are going to be some big aspects of Toyota upended going into next year. Right. Um, so yeah, Nick has options. I think if you're if you're McLaren, you absolutely want to retain him if you can. Absolutely. But if you can't, you can do a hell of a lot worse than Rene Rast. Oh, yeah. He's, he's great. Sam also alluded to a few other options that are apparently in the mix. Um, they have a pool of drivers, and their representatives should take the freeze move on. Said These are said by several paddock sources to include Sergio Sete Camera, Jake Dennis, Max Gunther, and Oliver Turvey. Now, they're all good. Like I yeah, think Sete I, I don't Camera think you can go is, wrong with any of those guys. I I think Sete Camera is way better than what the Dragon Car is in Formula E beneath him at the moment. I mean, could have told you that much for free. Yeah, like when that Dragon Car has not been a total shitbox, Camera has been in the top six on many occasions with that car. I know Camera is better than that car, most certainly. So, like, if you wanted to go out for a left field option, I think you could go Sete Camera quite easily. 
Mm. I really like Jake Dennis. I think he's a really, really fast driver. Um, if it comes up, we know Max Gunther took to this series like a duck to water very, very quickly when when BMW was around, and Oliver Turvey is the safest pair of hands in FE. Like we all know that he he's embraced the grind like Damian Lillard when it comes to <laughs> Formula E. Embrace <laughs> the pain. <laughs> The man's loyalty and dedication and commitment to the bit <coughs> knows no bounds. So they, there's a lot of solid names in there. I, um, I, I think McLaren can basically get whoever they need as a really great driver pairing. My concern is going to be for McLaren that, that, that King touched on. It isn't just that we're upending the entire technical rule book for Gen 3. Um. How much it, it? My question is: How is this team going to be structured internally? Right. What powertrain are they going to land? Because they've got plenty of options, but then we don't know which Gen Three powertrain is going to be the best one until they land on track. And how much of the internal structure is going to survive the move to McLaren? Yeah, we know because Ian James is going to stick uh, around. Yeah. What? What's everything beneath that going to look like? And this, is a, question. and this is funny as well, because we talked about it in our season preview at the start of the season. They've just had a big restructuring within this team going into this season with HWA when, you know, the former guys were running the team beforehand. So it's already had one restructuring last year. They're probably going to have to go through another one here. Now McLaren's running the show. Yeah, because so, the Formula E team had moved to Brackley, which yeah, they, I they don't want to think up. about. The logistics of that. I was going to say, they moved the entire team basically fully in-house and then booted them out the door as soon as they got settled. It's like, hey guys, enjoy your new home. Bye. Um, like, Make yourself comfortable. By the way, get out. Here's your I, notice I, to leave. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think the the core management structure of the team, I think, is going to remain pretty much the same. But everything on the ground, that's my concern with the McLaren mm, FE team. Mm, that's absolutely a fair question to ask. We don't really know how that's going to play out. But um, you'd think there's going to be a, another restructure. Are they going to move that team to Woken? Are they just gonna, like, the irony of McLaren <laughs> running a team in, just in gonna... Brackley, I think it's just funny to me. <laughs> hey, remember, remember we were your factory team? Yeah, we hated it. <laughs> Why do you think we're here in an orange? Um, any guesses on powertrain before we move on real quick? Because that's going to be intriguing as well, obviously being a customer team. like, like Where do they go for a powertrain? Well, the, like I, it's a basic process of elimination where uh, Porsche already supplying Andretti. Mahindra are rumored to be supplying. Right, that, that came out of the woodwork. That Andretti is going to be a uh, a Porsche partner for Gen Three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They come out last week. Uh, Porsche is going to be supplying apt. Uh, it's not Wait, clear. Porsche are going to be supplying. I apt? mean, no. Uh, <laughs> Mahindra are going to be supplying app. Right. Uh, it's not going to clear who's supplying Virgin yet. Uh, obviously, DS uh, with Dragon essentially becoming the new factory team and uh, Maserati using DS powertrains, pretty much like the seemingly the most viable option. Nissan? In terms 
Yeah, that seems like it's going to be the most viable option. Somehow that makes sense, given McLaren's V8 is, once upon a time, was a Nissan Group C engine. Yeah, it's either that or run Neo Triple Three equipment, which... No, (laughs) no, we are not doing this. We are very far from doing this. Yeah, I think... I think Nissan's a logical bet, although I wouldn't put it past one of the others to supply another team. Depends on their manufacturing like, capacity. It would be kind of your it would be in your best interest to supply the team that was reigning champions. You know, like nudge nudge wink wink. Yeah, but know. what happens when they then go out and beat what happens when they go and beat Nissan? Because man, Nissan's been down in the dumps for a while now. Yeah, that, that's the other concern. I was like, because Nissan has been bad, real bad for the last you know year and a half or so now. Um, so yeah, that's going to be intriguing. Like, God, I'm a McLaren Nissan conglomerate uh, in a Formula E team. I love motorsport. Sometimes you get these sorts of weird partnerships, and here we go, McLaren Nissan coming at you. That's going to be fun. Let's talk about Berlin itself here, and. Uh, one more celebration for the chat, everybody. Edo Mortara had a pole. He had a pole position oh, on his it's 55th attempt. He finally secured his first pole position in FE, which he then doubled up a day later. He won race one in pretty controlled and dominant fashion. He picked up a second on top of that in race two behind Nick DeFries. So let's do the maths here. Two pole positions, a fastest lap, a win and a second. I make that 60 points on the weekend for Edo Mortara. Um, Leaned up. Yeah, my man, quote, did work. Remember, in Formula E, it's three points for a pole position. So, uh, yeah, three points for a pole position, two points for fastest lap, a 25 for the win, 18 for second. It's 60 points on the weekend for Mortara. A huge haul to, to leave Berlin with. Um, and with all of that numbers punched in, he's now second in the championship. 12 off the leader, which very quietly Stoffel Van Dorn put together a very solid pair of races to uh, keep the championship leader extended out to uh, 12 points now. I think it was nine going into the, in, into, into Tempelhof Knights, and he's now left with 12. So uh, was this just a Berlin blip or the start of something serious for Edo Mortar? Because he was, by a mile, the landslide, you know, person of the weekend, if you want to call it that. Well, I, I think for perspective, in that second race of the Berlin doubleheader, Mercedes and Mercedes-powered cars had a 1-2-3-4 finish. This yeah. is what we feared going into the 2020 F1 season when we saw the, uh, the I can't believe it's not a W10 <laughs> circling around as the second fastest car. Yeah, like, props to uh, Laura Leslie on Twitter for being such so good with stats. I think it was the first top four lockout for a Mercedes-powered car in any series they take part in since 2014. So, uh, yeah, like it's, it's like we've it's like we've gone back in time. Remember when we were all excited about the hybrids, you guys? That, that, oh, that, that, was, a, that was a fun time, wasn't it? Ha-ha, uh-huh, split uh, turbocharger, go whoosh. <laughs> yeah, fun well, times. Like, based off of... I don't want to say lack of forms, because... Mortara already had a win this year, but they were not this competitive at any other round. I don't think that this is a even in the opening play. round they weren't this busted, and they were they were dominant by FE standards then. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I think I think it's just the nature of the Berlin track being 
basically so wide and so like it's it's a power track it's a massive power track i mean for perspective i think i'm right in saying that these two races for this weekend in berlin was the first two races we've had all season that didn't have a single full course yellow yeah correct energy management was pretty much i don't want to say a non-factor but like with there being no safety cars uh, regen not being that important here with wide sweeping corners and things like that, where it's like, they're not really that many breaking points. Like you regen is like you hit the paddle and coast. Yeah. Uh, like again, this is Berlin, despite being like, despite being formerly his most raced on track is so much different than any other place formerly goes to. Yeah. It's, <laughs> It's 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 like a roval, but for Formula E, it's really strange in that sense. It's such a fast track, very flowing, you know, very wide as well. So the odds of you actually getting a a, a full course yellow or a safety car are just very very slim. And yeah, two very very clean races for the most part, besides the usual Formula E shoulder checks. Um, apart from De Costa, who almost was in an airplane crash at the end of race two. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, that was uh, Code Brown right there on that one. But yeah, it's it's easy to forget just how good Edo Mortara is at this. Like, the, the, I, had, I was doing the notes for this show. You forget he was championship runner-up last year. Like, <laughs> I know... Season seven of Formula E was a complete and utter shit show <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, where we had 15 men eligible to win the title going into the final weekend. But Mortara did end up second overall by the time it was all said and done, right? Like, he's good. He's always been good. Everyone I, I ever speak to about Formula E has gushed about how good Edo Mortara is in this series. And yeah, like, apparently, according to my friend Hazel, like, even Toto Wolf was considering him for the F1 drive at one point, which I thought was quite funny. He was like, there's no way you would hire him over Valtteri Bottas, right? right? Nah, it was a big DTM pick. <laughs> big DTM energy, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's the easy. The corporate stamp of approval. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it is easy to forget just how good Mortara is. Just virtually mistake-free. You know, manages energy better than almost anybody in the field. His attack mode usage was spot on, you know. But none of that really mattered because, like, it's almost like low-key Stoffel Van Dorn is here again, folks. It, it, Stoffel's season is back. He's a, It's alive and well. They can't move Van Dorn off the top. Um, and we're over, halfway through, like, if you see, we're over halfway through the season now already. We have seven races to go out of, out of the 15 that was on the bill for this season. Um, phew, uh, Van Dorn's not going away, King. Like y- your man's might finally come good in Formula E. <laughs> oh Lord! Oh. <laughs> get get the Stoffel season T-shirts printed. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> there's still a long way to go. But the yeah, thing there's is, still time, the, there's still the time theme... for a Jaguar comeback. You know that, right? There's, oh, there's still God. time. Stop it, Drake! This, this Stop guy. it! Stop it! Get some help. <laughs> Um, I mean, I mean, that's the thing with Stoffel is that, like, no matter how many good results everyone else pieces together, Stoffel's floor is still so high that he's never not scoring really solid points. Yeah, damn. Because Low key. Low if key Martara didn't have two retirements in the last four races, he'd probably be championship leader right now. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, it's 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 a strong position for him. He, he's not scored lower than 10 points in the last five rounds. He just keeps chipping away. It's easy it's, to forget that the Esmol Tara took 60 points home um, out of those last two weekends. But at the same time... Still has um, a gap. Yeah, he still has a gap. And he had two DNFs before that too. Like so, th- again, it's still just erratic how this scoreboard is right now. Although the top three are starting to pull away from checks notes, Mitch, bruh, oh, <laughs> but uh, but still, it's stoffel season is here to stay, folks. But uh, that that is, that is going to be a fascinating one going forward. I, I I want to see more Van Dorn and more Tara violence at the front of the field. It's going to be fun. Um, now. We have to talk about race one on Saturday, and more specifically, the duels. Cringy intros aside, we did get <laughs> some drama because Formula E can't help itself. Um, perspective. Semi-final one of the duels puts uh, Alex Sims. Yes, Alex Sims was in the semi-final of a qualifying duel. <laughs> Don't ask me how we got here, but he was here against Jeff, the almighty John Eric Verne. Um, and well, in their one lap show now and in the dual semi-final, they both had a dead heat. They both qualified with the exact same time in the semi-final. Everyone's confused for about 10 seconds. Everyone's in shock. Dilbar Gill was about to have a heart attack. Um, <laughs> just like, like, well, what happens now? Um, and then race control had to declare on the, uh, overall, uh, t- team radio that, uh, yeah, Article 33.7, folks, uh, in the rule book. Uh, you know, first man over the line uh, gets gets to go through, basically. They, they break the tie. Very similar to what happens in F1, where I believe it's, uh, you know, it's the same rule where it's Whoever first man first over the over line the gets line. to the position, right? Yeah. 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 yeah so, uh, Jeff was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Got out of the car, immediately went to Nikki Shields. We love Nikki. Good to see her back. And, quote, came out with a line of, Quote, it's the stupidest rule I've ever seen in my life, but it is what it is. <laughs> because every racing driver has to say it is what it is when they get screwed out of something. It's 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 the rules. It's like the Ten Commandments. It's the stupidest rule he's ever seen in his life, but we've got to get on with it, basically. Now, gentlemen, are you okay with this? Because I saw a lot of people get very pissed off at this series that this was a rule and this happened and this is the way they decided to settle it. I'm, I'm of two minds. One, it makes sense. It's a long-standing rule uh, in motorsport. But that's It's always been like that in terms of, so at the same time, whoever said it first gets it because it's on the idea that over the time the track gets faster. So if you set it the same time later on, technically it's slower. Uh, yeah. Though, it also reeks big time of well we came up with this new qualifying format but we didn't really think it all the way through and rewrite all the regulations for the specific format yeah it's like well we'll just copy and paste the usual rule we get from formula one and there's like don't worry guys there's no way this will actually come up in an actual session right right like Wait, what, what do you mean the happened? only part <laughs> that makes like the only part that makes sense about it is that, if I recall, d- usually the higher seated driver goes first. So by that mm. note, that's the tiebreaker. Whoever's seated higher just advances on automatically, which 
also makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Like if if you've gone faster in round made one, made a whole lot of yeah. sense. And yet, everyone's really mad about the rules making sense. Yep. It's it, it's I'm, really weird. Be- yeah. Don't, no, don't I, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it as it is. Yeah, like, <sighs> I, I know, I know, mates on the Discord server we have where it was like it's a one-on-one qualifying series. How can you have like the <laughs> first guy win on the tiebreak? And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess to a degree, but it's not like they're setting their laps at exactly the same time. It's just someone's got to go second, unfortunately. Well, um, I think uh, obviously, you know friend of the show on the Discord server, Sasha, brought up a good point where there's mm. nothing, in, like, there's no logistical constraints other than it not being in the rules, and it maybe should be a rule that if there's a tie, it's a push that both drivers advance to the next round, and then it's a three-way duel in that next round. Hmm. I'd be okay with that. I, I, sure. I'd, be, I'd be fine with that. Honestly, like, there's a lot of ways you could "Quote unquote," solve this, and I'd probably be fine with most of them. Yeah, it's yeah. I I think that the current way does make sense, but it does show a whole bunch of laziness, and that any solution would be better than just not doing anything. Yeah, just first man over the line in a series where you've tried to get both laps <laughs> on TV at the same time. It's just not a great look, in my humble opinion. I I, I know that. Yeah. Logistically, from a technological standpoint, it completely makes sense. Um, it's just image is a problem, and you've tried very hard with this duels format to try and get as much side by side car action as possible. Um, you know, over the course of um, you know this new format debut, which but don't get me wrong, we love the format. We like it's getting better and better every round, and it's been fun and it's still hilarious seeing Andre Lotter look like a Bond villain every time he turns to the screen. It's great. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it just it's just a bit silly. You start you know? performing like, like a, a Bond villain. It, it actually be a threat. <sighs> Don't... The draination has taken too many beatings over the course of this weekend as it is. Um, the Lotter win is just not going to happen, is it? It's just, it, it's just, just, it's just not going to happen before he goes, ends up going back off the sports car somewhere. I hate it here. I want Lotter to just win one race, just, just a crumb, okay? We Dre's need to stick together. It, it, it makes me well, sad. He's, okay? he's running out of time. I know. He's, he's got like eight rounds left, uh, like like you know, sort of seven rounds really, because we've got seven races to go overall for the course of the season. But uh, hey, you know, maybe we'll see how we go. Uh, no, there are, there are eight races left. Oh, eight races. That my miscounted. Sorry, um, some double headers in there somewhere. Um, but yeah. They've got eight races to go. There's still time. There's still time for a lot of a win. I, I'm going to manifest it into existence. Um, yeah, I overall didn't have a major problem with it. I, I understand why that rule exists. Um, every series does it a little bit differently. Like in MotoGP, they have a countback rule instead in, in the event of a tie where they go to second fastest lap, um, which causes its own set of problems. You can't do that in Formula E for obvious reasons because it's a one-lap shootout format as opposed to a timed session, so it's all a little bit up and well, down. And all over. Well, I also brought up that that is a potential solution. Whoever had the fastest time in the group stage advances. 
yeah, higher seed gets priority. Sure, why not? You know, it rewards being faster, you know, consistently. So yeah, that could work too. I'd have no problem with that either. Yeah, it's like everything else could have been <laughs> fine, and this is like the least good solution. Like, like okay. <laughs> I'd say it's the least dramatic solution. Yeah, that's fair to say. That's fair to say. Formidary is back in a couple of weeks' time. It's going to be back on June 4th. Brand new round. We're going to, 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 to Jakarta, everybody. We're going to Indonesia. Jakarta. Jakarta. Re- Rezzy's going to fight you. Rezzy's going to fight the hell out of you. Damn. Yeah, yeah. In, inside note, there are multiple people from Indonesia in our Discord server. I'm going to have my neck hung for this. Um, it, like, oh, like, my I God. I sincerely apologize to all Indonesians everywhere. Like, I guess I've now ticked my box for controversy on this show alongside my <laughs> colleagues over the course of the last 40 minutes. We've, we've got a hat trick, everybody. We've all, we've all ticked our controversy box on that one. But yes, Formula E in Indonesia for the first time on June 4th in just under three weeks' time. So we will be back for that one. It's going to be fun. But uh, yeah. Before we get out of here, basically you can find us real quick. We're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on facebook.com, same address. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. Uh, personal handles at the screen, again, on the screen? Not video medium anymore. <laughs> so Harrison101HD at Ryan Eric King at CBuckyNama7. And if you want to follow RJ as well, you can at RJ O'Connell. He'll be back next week. Um, yep, we're also on Instagram at motorsport101pod. All of our content is on our website, motorsport101.com, including our Patreon page as well, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. You know where to find us. You can back us financially on there. Thank you all so much for listening in. We'll be back next week for Formula One Spanish Grand Prix. Gentlemen, pretend to be excited about going to race in Catalonia again. No. Perfect. So who's starting on pole in Indianapolis? Um, good question. Very good question. <laughs> That's the real fun. You might see us on Twitch gonna, for some gonna of that. Go out, mm. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say Tiago Montero. <laughs> I, I, I see what you did there. I, I see what you did there. I, see, I was just going to say Takuma Sato. I mean, I have a nice generic, you know, easy prediction there. But no, you had to go there. You had to go digging up the wounds of 2005, didn't you, Buckley? You, you, you just had to do it, didn't you? <laughs> I, could, I could bring up the 2008 Brickyard 400, but that's no, for another day. No, no, we're going, we're going home before we, we we end up getting stabbed. I've been Dre Harrison, they've been Ryan Eric King, and Cab Buckley. See you next week for F1 Spanish Grand Prix, maybe. Until then, sayonara. Bye. <laughs> Please send your donations to, for our legal fees to at Ryan Eric King on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, let, me, let me run this back. I pissed off uh, undisclosed billionaire. Cam's pissed off uh, local millionaire. And Dre is pissed off the fourth most populous country on the planet. Uh, I win! There are levels to this. <laughs> I win! <laughs> You're welcome, Internet. What do you win? <laughs> <laughs>